What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar, and I am joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachulki. What's going on, Tyler? How you doing, man? Hey, it's baseball season now. We've got a whole new segment to join in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Baseball season's right around the corner. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you so much. Before we start, be sure to follow the show at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in the keyword, the Sports Kingdom Show. So Steph Curry is going to be out until at least the end of the first round of the playoffs. Yep. Tyler and I have some thoughts on the playoff race in the West, as well as those teams fighting for the last few spots in each conference. The Dodgers are opening up the 2018 season on Thursday, and I could not be more excited to see if this team can make it back to the World Series for a second year in a row. But this is still March, and the madness does not stop. No, it doesn't. The Final Four is this weekend. Two number one seeds facing off, and an 11 seed versus a number three seed. Ramblers. <laughs> the Ramblers have made it to the Final Four. So, Tyler, how'd you do in your Sweet 16 picks from last week? Uh, last week, I got five out, of, five out of eight right, which doesn't seem very good, but it's pretty good for uh, this tournament's sakes. Yeah, so I as well got five out of eight right from our picks last week for the Sweet 16. Led by the Loyola Ramblers, of course. <laughs> uh, I, thought she, I thought Kentucky was going to beat Kansas State. Gonzaga couldn't get it done. West Virginia didn't even bother to show up against Nova. It was just... Not good. Yeah, Kansas State was the uh, the the lowest seed the Ramblers had played yet when they yeah when they, when they got them in the lead eight. So to have your easiest game in the lead eight, that's pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. That well, that's setting up for a real yep. easy easy going. But like you said, Loyola Chicago absolutely dominated Kansas State. Sister Jean working that divine magic once again. You guys can play. Please tell me you have the Final Four shirt ordered. I got the hat. I decided to go with the hat rather than get two T-shirts I can't wear at the same time. Now I have the Bracket Buster T-shirt with the Final Four hat. It's a nice little. All right, that's acceptable. It's a nice little Rambler outfit. No but big deal. The tattoo is still on if they win the national championship. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right, just making they, sure. They hang the banner, man. <laughs> Whew. Well, are you gonna get the logo or the banner? I'm gonna get the logo. Okay. The, yeah. So Michigan was able to sneak one out against Florida State, and I have no idea why Florida State didn't foul with 15 seconds left when they were only down four. Yep. They had That's an opportunity. practice all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have the opportunity to extend the game. Why don't you? And the coach in the press game or in the post-game press conference had really no explanation for it. So I don't really know what Florida State was doing there. Yeah, no, I mean, there's it, just mismanaged game. That's, I, I think that go, ultimately goes on coaching. Yeah, and then the other the other game in the Elite Eight, Villanova never really let up once they got a sizable lead against Texas Tech, really showing why they're a number one seed. And yeah, Nova's looking tough. Yeah. They're the only four seed I picked, or they're the only Final Four team I picked right in our original bracket. Okay. Um, so, you know, they're, they're staying the course. They're looking tough to beat right now. 
Yeah, and then the best game out of the Elite Eight was Kansas and Duke. It was obviously a oh, great game. Yeah, it's Battle of the Blue, but Blue Bloods. Everything tough. That game could have gone both ways too. And yeah, the refing was kind of tough too. Yeah, I mean I it was mean, everything we expected. There's gripes from both ends, I, I assume. But see you later, Grayson Allen. I'm glad to see him go. <laughs> Thank God. Oh, you're saying his name now this week? Yeah, you wouldn't well, say he, it last he's, week. He's done. I, he's a nobody now. He does. He doesn't even have a team anymore. Well, he's going to go to the NBA and he's probably have a pretty it. solid career. If he gets drafted in the second round, I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> he's the new Kyle Singler. Kyle Singler was like the worst NBA player. Oh, my God. Yeah. So now that the Elite Eight is over with, the Final Four is set. We got 11-seed Loyola Chicago versus 3-seed Michigan. And then two number one seeds battling it out. Yeah. Uh, Villanova versus Kansas. I was wrong about there not going to be any number one seeds in the final four. Yeah, I mean at the after a crazy after a crazy bracket, the the top end doesn't look too crazy. No. I mean obviously the Ramblers are there, but Michigan we see them all the time. Um and then two number one seeds, it kinda shook out, you know, like a normal bracket at the top. Yeah, exactly. Um now, I mean to break it down by the game, Loyola Chicago versus Michigan. They're winning that game. I mean it 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 all all signs point to it right now. It's crazy to think that Loyola Chicago's on a 14-game win streak. Their last loss was two months to the day from this Saturday, which is going to be when they tip off yep. against Michigan. I mean, both They're, teams play pretty similar style of basketball. I'm going to give it to you now. I'm going to give you the the main the main thing I think that they're rolling off rolling off is. Senior guard Ben Richardson and junior guard Clayton Custer. Uh, if you haven't seen it. Um, there's a or heard it during the games. There's a good article on New York Times as well. But these guys have played basketball together since they were in the third grade. Whoa! So they played AU starting together in the third grade. They won national titles as fourth and sixth graders. Um, then in high school, um, they grew up in Kansas. In high school, they went to four straight um, state championship games. They won the state title their junior and their senior year. Back to back. Uh, they went 94 and six in high school. Uh, playing together so um, this is this is it for them they're never going to be able to play together this is stuff they've been working on since the 90s uh yeah so uh you know i just i like you got you got sister jean in the house i I like their odds of winning against michigan and going to the national title game i mean i just i don't know i think sister jean's luck has has run out i mean man those guards though it's just that's a crazy amount of camaraderie that's a crazy amount of history and motivation um i think they're just they're the team that you know they're not there's nothing's expected of them there's no pressure they just oh no not at all um and they're motivated so i think they're they're going to come out prepared i mean i just i just think that michigan's defense hasn't let up more than 72 points in the ncaa tournament and that was in a 27-point blowout win against Texas A&M. Yep. No, I mean, Michigan's looking good. They won their bracket. Um, it's going to be a tough game. But every single game's been tough for Loyola in this bracket. So Yeah, so, I mean, you, ha- stop now? you have it coming down to 40 minutes on if you're getting a tattoo of the Ramblers logo or not. I have Michigan going to the national championship. Hey, they got to win it. They can't just go. They got to win it. Well, I, I said you, you'll be 40 minutes away. 40 minutes away, yep, yep. Um, so... But yeah, no. So uh, and then as far as the uh, Manova Kansas game, that's definitely a tough game to pick. Yeah, I mean it's Villanova's second Final Four in three years. They won it all in 2016, and Kansas was last in the Final Four in 2012 when they lost the national championship to John Calipari in Kentucky. 
But both of these teams have been on a roll in the tournament. I think the road that Kansas had to take to get to where we are now has been a lot tougher than Nova. But I just think that Kansas is having had that struggle and having the game they had against Duke to get to the Final Four, I think that's what's ultimately going to push them over the edge against Nova. And to me, I think whoever wins this game is going to win the national championship. Yeah, it's definitely set up to look like it is the kind of the national championship uh, scenario. Um, I think Nova's going to win. Uh, I mean, I, I really like Kansas. They're they're stud. They're stud. They're loaded. Uh, but Nova's guard Brunson as a senior, um, just making a run at it. I really like their odds. Um, they were in the championship two get two years ago, where they had you know a couple of players still from that team on the. Uh, from the championship winning team. So I like I like Nova in this game, going to the championship, and uh, ultimately losing to the Ramblers. Oh, you're already predicting you're getting the tattoo? I want the Ramblers to win. You want the tattoo. I want the Ramblers to win. Tattoo or not, I want the Ramblers <laughs> to win. It's not, not that – I mean, obviously, when you – you know, anyone would match up Loyola Chicago with Michigan, Nova, or Kansas. You, any smart person, if you're putting money on it, you're not going to bet on them. No. Uh, but I'm not doing that, so I'm going to go for the Ramblers. Uh, against Nova, though, obviously I think that's going to be a tough matchup for them to win. Um, so Nova could easily win this championship. Nova looks like the best team to me right now. Yeah, and see, to me, Kansas looks like, looks like the best team. Yeah, and, no, they're stacked. I mean, I think, I think at the end of the day, the, the Villanova-Kansas game, it's going to go down to the wire. But I just think Malik Newman or Devontae Graham on Kansas, they're going to do something incredible. Malik was on, man. Oh, my goodness. He had had himself a game against Duke. The corner threes, all the threes. Yeah. It was insane that second half. Yeah. So, I mean, it'll definitely be exciting to see what happens in San Antonio this weekend. Yeah, it's a perfect mix. You got some big dogs and you got a Cinderella. Yeah, it's it's, perfect mix. Now, there's a lot of a debate also on what's a better final four getting all like top seeds in Do you remember when there was four number one seeds i think four four years ago maybe five it was like 2013 yeah there's four number one seeds yeah. got to the final four but what what's more exciting of a final four four number one this. seeds or this? this i agree this 100 percent. this no no doubt everybody loves an underdog everybody wants to see some team they haven't seen you know, it's just like it was. It's so much fun to watch. You know, like Marshall in the first round when no one had seen Marshall play. Dan D'Antoni's coaching them. <laughs> They're running this insanely fast, sporadic. You don't get to see that a no. lot in Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, SEC, Big East basketball. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. see that. Um, so it's, I think it's better for the tournament to have you know new blood coming up. Um, and honestly, I think that this tournament with the one the the sixteen seed winning the first game. And then you got – now I'm switching gears here. Follow me a little bit. Okay. And you got Central Florida in football winning – The national sh- – The national title. Quote, I think, unquote. I think this has been a good little run for college football to take a look and expanding. Um, yeah. Just because of all the success that the March Madness has had um, with this expansion. With, with You have a team with UCF that did everything they were asked to do, 13-0. You know, you can't take that away from them. They weren't even invited to the playoffs. Um, I think all this stuff is kind of going, you know, the tournament's getting better, but it's going towards the football tournament ultimately getting better too. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree. We've had, and with the play in games, just uh, with Loyola being 11 seed, there's only been four 11 seeds make it to the final four. 
And then VCU in 2011 uh, made it to the Final Four. They were a playing game team. Yeah, they were the f- they were the first. So one. if they would have won that Final Four game, they would have been the first team to ever play seven games in the tournament. So it's you know the the tournament instantly saw uh, positive results from expanding their tournament. Hundred percent. And I think hopefully college football takes takes notes. Yeah, no, I definitely think there should be like an eight team playoff for football. Yeah. But like like you said, with all the storylines in college sports and college basketball with all these historic coaches and and everything that we see, especially in the era that we've grown up in, I think having a Cinderella team yeah. and then maybe three top seeds or yeah. two top seeds and like a four or a three or a five seed, something like that, where Michigan is, yeah. is a lot better because it brings just more storylines, more attention to the tournament. It yeah. gets these kids exposure and all that. But then it turns into the conversation it, about compensation yeah which i mean is the ultimate compensation but i think we're in a transition period we've touched on this you know yeah. eventually the the ncaa is going to have to adapt um the one and done thing is going to get addressed the being paid thing is going to get addressed the draft eligibility is going to get addressed um you know ultimately i think if they're not going to pay kids they need to let them enter drafts and test their luck and if they 100%. don't get in then you take them back. That's the only way I see you know see it really working. I also think they're definitely going to drop as far as basketball goes. Drop the one and dones. Um, but then college basketball would be great. I mean, college basketball is already so great. The fact that you have sixty eight teams that are competitive. Yeah. I mean, in football, what do you got? You know, maybe ten. Yeah, exactly. Maybe ten, and that's on a good year that you think you know these teams could beat anyone. So I'd probably expand it to the top twenty five in the country, but. Yeah, no, and they're, they're all they're definitely they're all good football teams because you know if you go on two three game losing streak you could fall out of that top ten but you're still oh. technically a top ten talented team. Yeah, exactly. It happens all the time, but uh, yeah, hats off to the the tournament. This might be one of the better tournaments for this is definitely ever. One, yeah, I mean this is definitely one of the and better especially tournaments. Especially with all the rules changing in the future, you never know what the tournament's going to look like in the future. Um, in the next year, we could see a lot of these coaches that have made all these runs get fired. Yeah, you know because I mean? who with knows? All the recruit, with the FBI stuff, you just you don't know what the future of NBA or NCAA basketball looks like. So this has been an enjoyable tournament to kind of take your mind off of that. Yeah, hundred percent. This has definitely been one of the better tournaments in recent memory. Um, I mean, God, these kids from Loyola have played together since the third grade. Yeah, that's won insane. two national titles and two state titles. Like, that's awesome. That's a great story. Yeah, exactly, and like you wouldn't hear about it. They're listed at like six one and six three, and I doubt either one of them are that high. Yeah, they're probably the six three guy is probably six one, and the six yeah. one guy is probably five eleven. Yeah, it's it's, it's uh, the the tournament's been great. Yeah, so I mean, we wouldn't know about stories like that if it wasn't for the tournament. Exactly, exactly. So anyway, before we get to the NBA, I want to talk about the Dodgers real quick. And the and the. And the Mariners from yes. up north. Yes, we got we got some Those Mariners. Disappointing bastards. <laughs> um, I'm so excited for the season. Opening day is Thursday. I'm yes, going to be there. Yep. I'm going to be working a uh, live broadcast for AM570. There, it's going to be from 12 to 3. That's going to be. A good if anybody time. else is going to be out there, come by and say hi. It'll be a lot of fun. I wish. Yeah. No. Anyway, after the disappointment of Game Seven of the World Series, I think this team is locked in. They're ready to go for the season. This could potentially be Clayton Kershaw's last chance to get a World Series ring as a Dodger. He can opt out of his contract after this season. I know it's spring training numbers, but he had a scoreless inning streak this spring 
of 21 and a third innings, and he ended the spring with an ERA of 0.00. That's good. All zeros. Yeah. Clayton, man, he's the man. I, th- I think this year he is more determined than ever to prove everyone wrong. All of baseball better watch out because Clayton Kershaw is on the war path. I can feel it. Yeah, and he's a physical guy too. He's not you know, someone that's just a crafty guy. He's going to come out here and bring the heat. He's an athlete. Yeah, and this, this season on opening day on Thursday, he will break the record for most consecutive streak, uh, most consecutive starts on opening day with his eighth consecutive start. And uh, as far as that goes, Felix Hernandez starting his 10th straight opening day, which is incredible. King Felix, baby. Yeah, incredible. Um, like, like Clayton, I feel like it's, you know, we're on the verge. You know, he's under contract, but we're on the verge of seeing Felix decline. I mean, we probably already have seen him decline. He was, you know, arguably the best pitcher in baseball at one point. Um, I, I didn't look. 10 straight openers, I feel like it's got to be the, the Mariners record. Um, I don't think Randy Johnson was there for 10 years. Yeah, exactly. He, so, I don't even think uh, he played there for 10 years. Yeah, so if Randy doesn't have it, I don't see anyone else having it other than Felix. So Clayton and Felix, day one, I, you know, as baseball fans, can't be mad at that. No. And and it's two guys that have been arguably the best, and now, you know, they're at the pinnacle kind of heading, heading down. Yeah. I mean, Felix more than Clayton on the on the downside, but still. Yeah, and then, like I mentioned last week in my shout-out, Justin Turner, he's going to be out at least a month. Um, I had some ideas on who was maybe going to replace him at third. Dodgers kind of kind of went the opposite way than what I thought. Hey, they know more than I do. Trust me on that one. Yeah. Um, but the Dodgers, they're going to put Logan Forsyth at third base uh, for the time being and then use a platoon of Chase Utley and Kike Hernandez at second base, which is perfectly okay. Kike is a great uh, utility infielder and outfielder. Yep. You can put him in different spots. The Chase Utley. The Silver Fox has been doing it for the last 75 years. <laughs> exactly. Silver Fox can do no wrong. Um, Chris Taylor, he's going to be in center field every day. Yep. After the incredible season he had, he didn't even start on the 25-man roster last season. Um, Yasiel Puig, he'll be in right. And then the biggest surprise, in my opinion, of the spring Matt Kemp's going to make the opening day roster. Yeah, he's going to be the he's start. Back. He's going to be the starting left fielder. But from what I've heard and what I've read, the front office has been very open with Matt about they're basically just going to play him to showcase him mm-hmm. to try and trade him because they want to get his bad contract off the books. Yeah, the the whole reason we took him back in the trade with Adrian Gonzalez, uh, Scott Casimir, Charlie Culberson was because it was just an exchange of bad contracts. Yeah. And the Dodgers just don't want to pay him. Well, but where, and where was Kemp before? He was in Atlanta. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. But, I mean, he it'll be interesting to see what the Dodgers do with him if showcasing him just to play and try and get a trade for him. But what if he's producing? He had an incredible spring. They have all the power. Yeah. He lost 40 pounds. That's good. In the off season. That's that's always the start to something good. You know what I mean? Anytime you hear an athlete loses a ton of weight, it almost always ends up being a good thing. Yeah. A la LeBron and Duncan. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's kind of a log jam in the outfield with Jock Peterson and Andrew Tolles. The Dodgers earlier today, they uh, designated Trace Thompson, Clay Thompson's younger brother, for assignment. <laughs> so if nobody claims him off waivers, he'll be a free agent. What about Belly? Oh, he'll be in first. He'll be at first. He's the everyday first baseman. Yep. Yeah, everyday first baseman. 
But I think they're going to keep Jock Peterson on the 25-man roster because of how he played in the World Series. The numbers don't really indicate indicate him doing well in the spring, but recently the Dodgers have been very happy with how he's been at the plate, even though there hasn't been much production. Yeah, They've liked what they've seen from him. Yeah, God, he was so close to being a, a, a superstar. Yeah. He was right on the cusp there. Yeah, but with Jock Peterson making the 25-man roster most likely, that means Andrew Tolles will probably start the season in the minors, but I'm totally okay with that because he's got to knock some of that rust off from the ACL injury that he had last year, which led to Chris Taylor being called up. And then behind the plate, I think it's going to be a platoon between uh, Yasmani, Yasmani Grandal and Austin Barnes, just switching up based off of pitching matchups, um, depending on who's starting for the Dodgers and who's starting for the other team. And then obviously, like we said, Cody Ballinger, he'll be at first base every day. Yeah. And then Corey Seager, shortstop. The Seager bros. Yeah. Running the West Coast. Kyle Seager up in Seattle. Yep. And, and that, you know, that kind of leads into the Mariners and what they're looking at this year. Um, I think the big story is the longest playoff drought in pro sports. This will be 17 seasons. Uh, is this the team that's finally going to break, uh, break that drought? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we added some good talent. We we brought in some vets. I mean, I don't know how much they're going to help us, like a D. Gordon. Um, he'll definitely help us. And then Ichiro. I mean, I think that's the other big story is. Yeah, bringing back our Ichiro. Guy, our guys back, similar to Matt Camp, but in a different way. Much different way. You know, this is much more positive light. He's kind of <laughs> coming back for his farewell tour, similar to what Griffey did. Um, but Ichiro is going to play for sure, so. Um, Seattle's still got the bats, uh, still got Felix, so they get they got a shot. Um, I just don't I just don't really see this team being the one that gets them out of the playoff drought. Yeah, no, I I just don't see it from the Mariners yeah, either. Since, they're they're in too tough of a division. Yeah, I haven't made the playoffs since 2002. Um, that's it. That's uh, since the Bills made the playoffs this year in the NFL. They now have the longest active playoff uh, drought in pro sports. I mean that's that's never good. That's not what you want. It's, not, it's crazy to me too because um, growing up the Mariners were so good and they were star studded and they were by far the most uh, marketable team in Seattle and that's with Peyton and Kemp in town. I mean, yeah. you know, Griffey was everything and then A Rod and Randy and then Ichiro and that 116 wins. Um, we've had stars. Uh, it's, it's it's crazy to see a franchise like the Mariners uh, have a playoff drought of this magnitude. Yeah, and then in terms of the NL West, I know the Giants, they've made some splashes in the offseason, and Colorado and Arizona, they're going to be looking to build off the success they had last season, but this is still the Dodgers' division. They're going to win a sixth sixth straight NL West title. Uh, I don't see them winning 104 games like last year, but I do think they'll get to around like 92 to 95 wins this season. Yep, no, they're looking good. They've uh, uh, won the division every year. I've lived in L.A., uh... So why why not why switch it up now? Yeah, exactly. I think they do got one or two you know runs left in them. Although those get very very exhausting, making World Series runs and not getting there. And, yeah. Well, not winning it. So uh, they've chipped away at it, kind of gotten a little further, a little further every year. So hopefully this is the year they bring it home. I would love to be in LA when the Dodgers won the oh, World Series. Yeah, I haven't won it, one since I was born. It's it's the thirty thirty eight year anniversary of the last. World Series, 1988. And it's the 60-year anniversary of the or Yeah, it's the 60-year anniversary of the Dodgers LA. being in L.A. Yeah, that's So, true. I mean, there's a lot of anniversaries this year. Hopefully. Some good hats coming out, I'm guessing. That'd be, yeah, <laughs> no. Anytime 
there's something amazing some accomplished. There's some sort of apparel that's going to be coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see a lot of people a couple of years ago when the Royals made it to the World Series but, yeah. but lost, uh, thought they were going to take a lot of steps back, come back the next season, but they ended up going right back to the World Series and winning it that year. Yeah. Yep. So I'm really hoping No, there is something to experience. It's It's all about if these guys can keep physically doing it. Yeah, that's I think, but they they made changes, and and the Dodgers are young. Oh yeah, the Dodgers are very young. I mean, they have one of the youngest cores. Yeah, so in still, all of baseball. Yeah, they're still on the they're still on the upswing. They're and they're an exciting team. So we all give to the Dodgers. Yeah. So now that we got baseball out of the way. Yep. Let's jump go, back. Go each row. Go Dodgers. <laughs> let's jump back into hoops. Yes, and sir. I think the biggest story in the NBA right now is the fact that Steph Curry is probably going to miss the entire first round of the playoffs. He's determined to prove Steve Kerr wrong. But, I mean, the normal recovery for a strained <laughs> MCL is like six weeks. And yeah. we're about five weeks from the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Or five weeks from the start of the second round. Yeah. And then seven weeks. Yeah, I don't think there's any way he plays in the first round. No. Which now everything's starting to look interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, right Although now. the Warriors are still, I think, pretty stacked. But it's, it's oh. now, now there's a conversation to have. Yeah, I mean, the, war, the Warriors, at the end of the day, they're going to be fine. But there, there is a conversation to be had. Right now, Golden State's five and a half games behind Houston for the first seed in the West. The Rock. The That's Rock, crazy. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, that's like one of the low-key biggest – one of the biggest storylines, if not the biggest storyline, is that Houston's got a legitimate lead on Golden State this year. and, and No one State, has for the past three, four years. Golden State's looked unbeatable. I mean, they literally looked – it literally just deflated the energy to get behind any other team because Golden State looks so good. Um, so this is awesome for the NBA. Again, NBA always winning. Yeah, and I mean, nobody – Nobody really even thought Chris Paul and James Harden were going to be able to make it nope, work. No, nope, no, nope, not at all. It's just it's a great, great team that's riding high right now, and their their energy. the The reason why Houston is such a big threat to the other teams, um, like San Antonio, Oklahoma City, and Golden State, is all three of those teams are kind of dealing with shit. They're yeah. they're more veteran based. This team is like Portland. Um, Houston is coming in red hot. Yeah, I mean they're. And they're, with nothing they're feeling to lose. loose. They're not hurt. They're not banged up. They're they're they got high energy. They're feeling good. They're laughing on the court. They're joking with each other. They're celebrating on the sidelines. Um, Houston's dangerous. Yeah. So I mean, the Rockets have eight games left. The Warriors have nine games left. And it, it, just sidetrack real quick. It's crazy to think that there's about ten games left in the NBA season. Yep, it has gone by, by very quick. Yeah, flown by. But the Warriors have four home games. And five away games. Five out of the nine games are against playoff teams. The Rockets have five home games and three away games. And four out of those eight games are against playoff teams. Do you think that with Curry out until at least the end of the first round of the playoffs that the Warriors can catch the Rockets? Uh, no, I don't think they're going to catch the Rockets. Not because they can't, but because the Rockets aren't going to lose. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I don't think it's anything against Golden State. I just think Houston's going to continue on this path through the end of the season. Uh, but look for Golden State to play really, really well against those playoff teams. I think they're really going to bring it. They're really going to try and test what they have, see what they've got without Curry, um, figure out their rotation. 
Um, so I think the effort level, when you have a team as talented as the Warriors are, when the effort level and kind of the um, the pan- not panic, panic's the wrong word, but just some, just you lo- you you're down one guy, so you got to step it up a notch. I think they're going to be very very dangerous in the regular season right now. Before we get into the seven game series uh, for the rest of the year, so I think Golden State's going to win. You know, they'll win probably like seven out of ten. How many games did you say that? Nine games. Nine games. So like they're, they'll probably they're probably going to win like seven out of nine of those games. Uh, I think Houston's going to do the same thing. Yeah. So, to answer your question, no, I don't think Golden State's going to catch him, but but it's because of Houston, not because of Golden State. Well, I mean, with with Houston having a five and a half game lead right now, with about yeah. eight nine exactly. games to it's go, just too many games. I don't. It's not that it's too many games, but do you think that Houston might start to rest? Like, no, no, I think you don't think they're, they're going to rest anybody? No, because they're not. They're not supposed to be here. You know what I mean? I, th- I think they're gonna ke- they're gonna keep it rolling just like just like Portland, um, Portland, Portland and uh, Portland and Houston look to be the most dangerous teams coming into the Western Conference playoffs. Now they're not the best team. Well, they're not the best team, but they're they're red hot right now. All right, now imagine this scenario. Let's say the Warriors end up in second place in the West. The Jazz jump the Spurs, and the Spurs are the seventh seed. Yeah, to start the playoffs. Because we're, we're looking at right now Golden State's running with Quinn Cook and Sean Livingston at point guard. Yeah. Okay. Well, Quinn Cook is an interesting story because yeah. yeah. they'd have to create a guaranteed yeah, spot guaranteed for him. Yeah, guaranteed spot for him. And someone else has got to get cut. Yeah, exactly. They'd have to cut somebody. Yeah. But let's say it's Warriors in the two seed, Spurs in the seven seed. Yep. And they got to face off against each other in the first round. Problems for Golden State. Does Kawhi come back? I mean, I think I, – I still just think Kawhi, I mean, if he's able to, why would he not come back? Why would he not make a playoff run? Yeah. Um, Especially so, – But I just don't know. I don't know the San Antonio scenario at all. You know, there's just not very much information on it. It's hard to read. Is it physical? Is it mental? Is it yeah. relationship-based? Is it all three combined? Um, I don't know. But with or without Kawhi, I think San Antonio is a, is a tough out for the Warriors. Oh yeah. Um, with now, you know, coming into the playoffs in a seven-game series, everybody has benches. Um, you're going to get exposed in your weakness, and now their weakness is point guard. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs have the best backup point guard scenario in the NBA, probably with Patty Mills and Tony Parker. Yeah, 100%. I mean they have two Hall of Fame guards coming off the bench. So um, this, this, it's not necessarily the starters that I'm worried about. It's those minutes where the backup point guards. Are coming in and playing, you know, are they playing Quinn Cook or Sean Livingston? Um, and then my, my other question is, do are we going to see a Warriors lineup without a point guard? Just because Draymond and Kevin Durant, those yeah, guys they can, can bring the ball up. They Iguodala can bring the ball, bring the ball up. Um, do we start seeing lineups? Um, if they don't go Quinn Cook, I think we start seeing lineups with no point guard in them. Yeah, I definitely think that's a viable option for the Warriors because they have players like KD and Draymond and Andre Iguodala that can yeah. bring the ball up. And I'm not saying, you know, Rudy Gay is a, a stud by any means, but that's a serviceable matchup against Kevin Durant. And somebody somebody uh, like Rudy Gay has a lot of experience in the NBA and knows you know, Danny Green's one of the better perimeter 3 and D guys against Klay Thompson and and LaMarcus's problems for anybody. And uh, he's he's having basically a career year almost. Probably probably the second best season of his career outside of one season in Portland. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Probably, probably the best. You know, arguably the best 
um, season of his career. So in this scenario, San Antonio against Golden State, that's a tough out. Um, at the end of the day, I still like Golden State and probably six or seven, but San Antonio is going to win games against them. Oh, 100% uh, they will. Uh, so never sleep on San Antonio. And especially if Kawhi can come. come. If Kawhi is back, then it's very it, – it starts to be very interesting. Yeah, and if Kawhi can, Kawhi can come back, he's going to be looking to get revenge for last season because if he doesn't get hurt last season, there's no way Golden State – comes back to win that game when they were down like yeah, 20. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. That's where it all started was Golden State. Yeah. And then, so in the East, the well, play. Do we have any other scenarios as far as uh, Golden State? Uh, I mean, just playing playing some of these teams, are there any other, qu- you know, tough outs? You know, what if they have to play Portland in the second round? What if they have to play someone like Utah? Yeah, I mean, if they if they have to play Portland in the second round – it's just all going to depend on Steph's health. Yeah, can 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 Portland even without Steph? Can, does Portland have enough firepower to beat the Warriors? No. Yeah, even without Steph. No. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my thing. I think even though Curry's going down, the Warriors are still probably going to win the West. If you were to tell me that Steph Curry was only out for the remainder of the regular season and he will be ready to go Game One of the second round of the playoffs and you were to give me the option of the Warriors versus the field on who wins the NBA championship, I'm still taking the Warriors. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay, so what about if there's no Curry for uh, the rest of the playoffs? I'm all, taking the field. All the way to the finals. I'll take the field. Yeah, um, who, who do you think has a better shot at beating uh, Golden State, Houston or Houston. Cleveland? Houston. Whose road's easier to the finals, Cleveland's. Golden State's or Cleveland's? See. You think so? You so you, now See, you're feeling that Cleveland's got it. Cleveland's got it. No, I with think, Kyrie being down and LeBron just and LeBron's confidence against Toronto and them just beating Toronto pretty handily. You don't do you do you think Cleveland has just as good a shot as making the finals as a Golden State? If Steph is out for the entire playoffs, yeah, yeah, hundred percent, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I still think even without Curry, the the Warriors are the favorite to win the title. Yeah, I still think they're the favorite to win yeah. the title, but do they without Steph? I don't know. So you de- but they're definitely beatable. Houston could beat them without Steph. Yes, but Houston being the one seed on that side of the bracket, they're going to have to go up against Minnesota in the first round and then potentially maybe even Portland or Oklahoma City yeah. in the second and, round. And see, and so I, I see San Antonio and Oklahoma City being tough outs in the playoffs, whether, even though they're a little bit lower of a seed. I, um, think I think that those are going to be tough outs. I think that this year, Portland, I think to me is the one that's going to break someone's heart this year in the playoffs. I don't think. I think. Gonna, I, I think. Th- I think Portland could potentially break Houston's heart. Yeah, exactly, because they have the matchup. I mean, they have the firepower. Exactly, but I think that in the playoffs for this year, Houston has the toughest road, and it will be Golden State's easiest route to the finals as oh, of wow. yet. As it, of yet. As long as they don't get San Antonio in the first round. No, even with San Antonio in the first round because Houston— They're they're definitely hoping for a New Orleans, Minnesota, Utah. Well, no. I think that potentially Houston could potentially play New Orleans, Portland, and Oklahoma City in the playoffs in the first or second round, depending on the seeding. Yeah, yep. So Houston's going to have a much harder time, and they're they're having to deal with a lot more star power in the earlier rounds— then the Warriors are going to have to 
and so Houston potentially could get knocked off in the second round. So in the East, uh, so now, so we're going to move on to the East then. Yeah. So in the East, what, so I mean, it's pretty much set. You think, as far as seating goes. Yeah. You got you got Toronto, Boston, Cleveland, Philly, Indiana, and then the Wizards, Bucks, and the Heat are in six, seven, and eight right now. Yeah. They're separated by about a five game difference. Or excuse me, there's a five game difference between Miami, who's in the eight Third. seed. No, oh, well, Miami, who's in the yeah. eight seed, and Detroit, who's in the nine seed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, I don't see, I don't see anyone, I don't see Detroit jumping back in. I think the exactly eight, the eight are set. It's just the exactly, seating. exactly. The eight in the East are set. It just depends on how it's going to shake out in terms of seating. Yep, and and with Kyrie hurt, I just Boston, I just doesn't look like they're. Uh, uh, a contender anymore no i mean they got too many injuries right now no Kyrie is their whole team yeah yeah um and then you know toronto again they've they've made changes as far as like their schematics and how they play the game but in a seven game series i just now i just think lebron's definitely gonna get to the finals again yeah i mean the way lebron's philly is the one that's interesting but at the end of the day i just don't think philly's beating lebron in a seven game series i don't think they have no enough, not a chance don't, they don't have enough offense Especially they don't have, with Kevin Love back, they just don't. They don't have it. They don't have enough offense. They don't have enough defense. They don't have enough experience. They don't have any experience. We don't know if uh, you know. At any day, I see MB doing going down or yeah you know, something happening. That's and just I mean, the way it is. We, we thought Markel Fultz was on a redshirt year, and all of a sudden his form is fine. He can shoot again. Yeah, and speaking of Markel Fultz, him, you know, he came back and Philly. Except him, you know, with open arms, they're super. Yeah, that was, he was back. Great, that was cool. But I mean, he doesn't look good. No, I mean, he did the things, some things on the basketball court that are, you know, that were good. But he's the number one pick in the draft. I assume that he can play basketball. Um, but his shot, he wasn't tested from three at the free throw line. But his shot does not look pretty. No, um, it's just not fluid at all. Uh, it was smart. I think it was super smart for Philly to bring him back though at this game. Um, it was kind of the perfect game. It's not really – it's no pressure. It's at the end of the year. They they just clinched playoffs for the first time in, in, what, five years or six years? Something like that, yeah. Um, so the process has been long. They finally got into the playoffs they're in now. Um, bring back your guy at the end of the year rather than bringing him back at a game one. Um, I think it, I think when you're a rookie, if your rookie debut is game one, it's kind of all the lights on you. Everyone's watching. There's a ton of pressure. This is just kind of went under the radar. You know what I mean? His first NBA game kind of went under the radar. Whereas I feel like it would have been a bigger deal um, coming through an off season and stuff like that. So I think that was smart in that sense. Yeah, no, I mean, bringing him back, I wasn't expecting him to. No. But I do like that they are kind of trying to get himself to get his legs under him. Yeah, exactly. Just get, get him out playing there and, again. I mean, his first shot was an air ball. Yeah, and just trying to get his confidence yeah. up, trying yeah. to yeah. integrate him into the team. That's why I think it was smart. There's no pressure in that game. Right. The, trying to integrate him into the team. They're I mean, playing Denver. It was not an Eastern Conference team. Yeah. It's just uh, that was the perfect way to bring him in. So kudos to Philly for, for doing that. But And like you said, they're going, to the, good. they're going to the playoffs, and they're going to need him in the playoffs. They're going to need him to play like a number one overall pick in the in the playoffs. Yeah, which they're not going to get. No, 100%. He's not going to play like a number one pick in the playoffs. They need all the bodies they can get, but I think Philly, what they did that was really smart for the playoffs was getting uh, 
Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Ilyasova. Yeah, those, those are great were, moves. Those were great pickups. I remember we talked about the Marco yeah, Bellinelli move. Yeah. Those, those are great pickups because those are veteran guys that can score and play defense. So. Yeah, but Philly's one and done. They're not making it out of the first round, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, exactly. I think they're the team. They're they're a team that could be part of the future, just like the Lakers and the Bucks and teams like this. These young teams. Yeah, I mean, the Suns. Uh, but I just don't think they're there yet, as far as consistency wise. And I, I I'm still not sold on them offensively either. Uh, Joel Embiid's very gifted offensively, but Ben Simmons needs. Ben Simmons is the offensive talent that needs talent around him to yep. to make other people flourish. Whereas, like, you know, Redick, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a dead eyes sharpshooter, and you know, Covington's a solid three and D guy. But I just don't see the firepower to score, you know, 120 points in a seven game series against LeBron or Toronto. Or yeah, if they, I mean, they're in the four seed right now. If they slip to the six, they got to face LeBron in the first round. They're screwed. Yeah, exactly. No, they they definitely want to play someone else, but it's like Milwaukee. That that's problems. Miami is problems for them. I mean, everyone really in the East is is a tough tough out for them. Yeah, and then in the West, only Houston and Golden State have clinched their spots. Six games separate Portland, who is in the three spot, and then the the Clippers, who are in the tenth spot. Yeah, and the, I mean the Clippers and the Nuggets still have a chance to make it into the playoffs, but I mean it's not looking very likely. Yeah, I kind of I kind of push for the Clips to make the playoffs this whole little run, but now I think the eight are also set in the West. I think it's just seeding that'll change. So I don't think I don't think the Clippers or Denver's making the playoffs. Now I've stuck with Denver all yeah. year though, not making the playoffs. Um so that's I, not really a surprise to me. I, I thought Denver was gonna somehow be able to sneak in, but the the team the the only team um, the only teams I got wrong before from our preseason prediction of playoff teams um, I had the I had the Clippers in the playoffs and I did not have the Pelicans so that's that's really the only the that's the only difference between the teams I thought were going to be in the playoffs to the teams that are yeah I mean right now it's Houston the one Golden State in the two Portland in the three. Oklahoma City in the four, which is right where I thought they were going to be. Yep. And then New Orleans at the five, San Antonio six, Utah seven, Minnesota eight. Yeah, unfortunately, the four-five matchup, I think, is going to end up being San Antonio and Oklahoma City, and that's going to be an insanely good series. Yeah, that's uh, going to be gonna, a- and, and it's too bad that they have to play each other first round because I think those are two teams that could win multiple playoff series. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you, if you put Houston and Oklahoma City – in Portland, the and Western Conference Finals, you could put Houston and San Antonio in the Western Conference Finals. You could put Golden State and Oklahoma City in the Western Conference yeah. Finals. Por- Portland messed everything up because them playing well, it's like it pushes those guys down a spot, but that changes everything because if you push Portland down to the uh, to the five seed, then the Spurs and Oklahoma City wouldn't have to play each other unless they made it to the, the Western Conference Finals. So it's right, like, and if Portland gets move down to the five seed or even lower they're realistically not going to make it out of the first round but if they're in the three seed and have home court advantage they're probably making it to the second round man yeah portland it's it's too bad that there's like it's going to be tough minnesota and utah are going to be tough for portland yeah no that really i think the only easy out is new orleans because they, they don't still, have boogie yeah which they still have Ant davis but i think the rockets are going to be able to handle the pelicans pretty easily yeah, because all they really have to do is neutralize everybody else and let Anthony Davis just do whatever he wants. Easy, 
easier said than done, but hundred percent easier said. I, th- than done. I think Anthony Davis is the kind of player that could win one game, but um, I don't see I don't see New Orleans winning more than one game in this year's playoffs. Utah and Minnesota and Oklahoma City and San Antonio and Portland, I I don't know what those teams are going to do. I, you know, To me, basically, I feel like I know New Orleans is, is not going to get out of the first round, and I know Houston and Golden State are. Outside of that, it's pretty up in the air you as think far as the Mi- West. Do you think Minnesota will make it out of the first round? That's what I mean. It's hard, it's, uh, it's hard for me to tell. I think they have the ability to, um, but uh, it's – I mean, against Portland, I really think they could beat Portland. But against Golden State, uh, they're not. They're not winning. They're not beating Golden State. No. So yeah, as far as the West goes, Golden State, Houston, for sure, going to win in the first round. New Orleans wins one game, and then they're they're eliminated. Yeah, because they just have, don't have it. No, they, they don't. They don't have it. They don't have experience. Yeah. I mean, and like this you was said, a great, this was a great sample though of what could be. Oh, hundred percent. So now it's now it's interesting to see what Boogie's going to want to do. I think he's going to end up staying in New Orleans. That's awesome. That's crazy. I mean, no one when they traded for them in the midseason, no one thought that was going to work. No, just like James Harden and CP3. Yeah. So, I mean, it's coming down to the wire. Coming down to the wire. It's it's going to be good. This NBA season has been absolutely incredible. Yeah. All the storylines. The rookies have it's crazy. over C- Curry and I. Kyrie and Curry are, are big time headlining news type stuff, though. Oh yeah, and Kevin Love coming back. Um, Kevin Love coming back is what I think the Cavs have been missing this whole time. Yeah, for sure. Another All Star <laughs> doesn't doesn't ever help. You know <laughs> what I mean? Plus, like them handing Toronto that L pretty easy. That's bad. yeah, that was a big one. That's bad. You don't you don't want that. If LeBron Toronto. was you like, needed, you needed to win that game if you're Toronto to get an edge. You have no edge. LeBron knows he can beat you. He's never lost to you in the playoffs. Exactly. You needed him to at least like see a loss happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. LeBron. LeBron came into that game being like, "All right, we're I, winning this game. Yeah, because I got to need to. This is a this is a mini playoff game. Yeah, I got to sh- I got to show Toronto that this is still my conference. Yeah. Just because you're in the one seed doesn't mean jack shit. And LeBron and mm-hmm. in, in, historically has not. Like LeBron doesn't win the East every year. No, I mean I've he seen, doesn't we, need to. Chicago, Chicago won it twice with D Rose. Yep. Atlanta won it a couple years ago with the, Bo- when they had the four All Stars. Boston won it. Uh, it's just, you know LeBron doesn't need to win the East. He he handles himself in a seven game series. He's unstoppable. He he. I honestly don't even think LeBron James pays any attention to the regular season. No, it's just like Popovich he, to me. Yeah, I mean, I, he knows I mean, as long as are, these guys know that the NBA is built around seven game series. Yeah, all he, this other shit doesn't matter. Yeah, you have to be able to beat me in a seven game series. Yeah, LeBron. LeBron knows that if he gets seven games against one team, you're not going to stop him. You're not going to beat him four times at a set. You know, I mean, obviously he's been beaten, but yeah. It's by some of the greatest teams ever. Exactly. Look at the teams that have beaten him. Yeah. But anyway, so I had a conversation with a friend of mine, shout out Joe Block, a couple of weeks ago, and we kind of brought it up a couple of episodes back, and I said we would bring it back, Mm -hmm. so we're bringing it back. All right. He asked me who I think is the most fun basketball team to watch right now. And I said, personally, for me, it's the Lakers. Yep. The Lakers are the most fun team to watch, in my opinion, for me. 
Yeah. Because I have the most fun watching them. Yeah. So it's a personal thing. Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of have, I don't know if it's, I want to call it a debate or a discussion, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Basically kind of just laying the ground rules for us for fandom. Yeah. And what fans can do and cannot do. So we we both came up with a list of five rules for fans to follow yeah. if you're a sports fan. So, Tyler, what is your number one rule? And mine, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit before. Mine are, are closer to philosophies rather than rules because I'm kind of a weird sports fan in that sense. But my number one thing to me is, like, you don't – being from the, the team's home state is is definitely, like, preferred, but it's not required. Um, I don't think you have to be from uh, the city or the town or the state uh, that the team's from because I think there's other circumstances as to why kids become fans of certain teams, um, whether that was the first team you saw win, that was the first Super Bowl you watched, you have family members that uh, you know were fans of these teams, or your family was from a different part of the country. Um, I, I just don't believe – I've been a diehard North Carolina Tar Heel fan my entire life. I've never been to North Carolina. Um, <laughs> I grew up on the West Coast. Uh, I didn't go to the University of North Carolina, but I've liked this team my whole entire life, and I don't feel like as if no one can tell me I'm not a fan because I'm not from North Carolina. So, But I know we, uh, we see differently on this kind of stuff. But you're an L.A. guy, all right? It's, it's a lot easier. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's a lot easier. You got, you got franchises <laughs> left and right out here winning <laughs> shit. So my number one rule – is actually the complete opposite of what yeah. Tyler just said. It's yeah. pick the one team yeah. and stick to it for life, and it better be the team that is from the city you were born and raised in. No bandwagoning. Yep. You can't just like the team that's good that season. So, you, so do do you place uh, do you place like loyalty over location or location over loyalty? Like if like if you you said originally you know pick one team stick with it, yeah. But that that, but, pick, but that, that team, team better be, be from, from your, where you're from. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean that's how I grew up rooting yeah. for sports. Yeah. I grew up rooting for all LA teams. Okay. So for I, example, the Rams they left the year I was born in 1994. Yeah, and you weren't a Rams fan growing I, up. I I wasn't a Rams fan growing up, but my grandparents Knew. had season tickets back in the day. I had a Rams sippy cup, all this stuff. But when I finally was able to form my own opinions and my own allegiances to teams, when I decided to root for the Lakers, when I decided to root for the Dodgers, when I decided to root for UCLA and all of that, I chose it based off of these are my home teams. This is who I'm going to run with. We didn't have a football team at the time, so I didn't root for anybody. Yep. I said – I will root for whichever team is the first team to come back to Los Angeles. I don't care who it is. Yeah. I don't care if it was the Jacksonville Jaguars coming to L.A. So if the Rams w- wouldn't have come and Chargers would have came. I would, be, I would be a Chargers fan today. Yep. Okay. So, all right. So on, in talking about this rule, because we're on the opposite sides of the fence of this, I'm just going to poke at you a little bit. Yeah. What about kids that grow up in states uh, that don't have pro sports teams? Or they don't have that specific sport team. Like, say, a Nebraska kid. If I'm born in Omaha, Nebraska, where does my allegiance lie in the NBA? Milwaukee Bucks. In the NFL. So it is purely just miles. Yeah. How close are you to the stadium? What's the local channel that plays 
the team. Uh, but but in, do you, I mean, do you know how it works in states like that? I mean, is it a local channel or is I mean, it is it is it you know a national? Well, like you're only seeing there's like, Boston, L.A., Dallas, okay, so, Cleveland on TV type of scenario. So I mean, there's like there's Fox Sports West, uh, there's Fox Sports Boston, Fox Sports New York, Fox Sports Midwest. So I think like okay, how, Fox Sports okay. Midwest probably plays okay, Midwest. I'll give you this. All right. How about now? I'm gonna move on. <laughs> how about Providence, Rhode Island? You're next to New York City. You're next to Boston. You're next to Philly. Well, Rhode Island is in New England, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so you're a Patriots fan. You're well, a Boston, but, okay. You're a Boston but, fan. But but I'm pretty sure Providence is just as close to New York City as it is Boston. Yeah, but New York is not New England. So I would say New York. New, I, I would consider New, New York City New England. I don't think New York is part of New England. I, I, I mean, I don't think there's any like actual. Uh, no, I'm looking I, this. I up. don't there's, think there's a boundary to New England. I think it's an area of the country where we first like. When I think of New England, I think of Philly, Boston, New York. No, see, when I think of New England, I think of like Maine, Rhode New Island, Massachusetts. Yeah, exactly. Rhode Island, Maine, Massachusetts, Vermont, New yeah. Hampshire. Okay, well. Either way, so you're saying Providence, you have to be a Boston guy. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 what I would say. So even if, like, say, dad moved from New York City, grew up in Brooklyn, moved to Providence for a job, raised my family in Providence, and my dad's Brooklyn to the fullest. Oh, man. see, that's... I'm, a, I'm a Boston guy. Uh, see, that's hard. I, now, I'm poking at you. This is your number one rule, so I shouldn't be so hard on it. <laughs> no, and but, I know, but no, I'm but... just trying to say, I, I want you to see – where other people come from because you're from LA, which is like, yeah, easy. See, that's tough for me. You, you know, it, I don't it's know. Like, you, you, it's like, you should be LA fan if you're from LA because you have the richest yeah. sports history, arguably in the country outside of maybe like Boston or New York. It's like, Oh, I have to be a fan of the Dodgers and the Lakers and, yeah. and the Bruins and, you know, and the Trojans and stuff like that. It's, I was just trying to put some perspective on there because I don't think that you have to be from the uh, home state, but I do think that if you're from the, if you are have, you know, if you are from a town that has a team, you should probably that should be your your favorite. But if it's not, it's not the end of the world. Well, yeah, I mean, it. it I guess it just depends then if you grow up with teams in your city. You know, because it's like there, there's just some, you know. There's some scenarios. I guess. I guess. I, I guess. I think the I, family member one to me. Uh, yeah. The family member one and the living in the states where there's no pro teams. Though that's where I give the most leniency to because it's just like, like I said, if a yeah. kid grows up and his dad only watches the Raiders, but he lives in, uh, you know, Virginia, like he's <laughs> gonna be a Raider fan. Yeah. And that's who he should be a fan of. Yeah, I guess. But the, but I also think there's a point in everyone's life where you get a chance to pick. Yeah. Like, if your dad brainwashed you to be a Raiders fan, but you want to be a Redskins fan, then kudos to you. You're a Redskins fan. Yeah, exactly. That's actually more impressive. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say the only way you could root for another team is if you have a family member play for that team. Yeah, it's okay. So then there's a whole other – that's a whole other <laughs> argument I didn't even think of. It's yeah. Like, See? You know, what if my – you know, my high school teammate played for the Jets. Like, do I need to be a Jets fan? Do no. I, am I allowed to be a Jets fan? No. You, no, you root for his individual success but yeah. not the team success. Okay, and we'll touch that later too. <laughs> all right, all right. So the first one was hot take. It was yeah. you're either from the city or the, the state or you're not. Yeah. So number two, you can't root for a team. <laughs> oh, my God. We have to save first two. That is inner division. <laughs> no, not inner. No, oh, okay. no, I wouldn't say no. 
that should just be a given. You can't root for the same division. I'm okay. saying in a different league or a different division. For example, like I can't say my NL team is the Dodgers and my AL team is the Red you Sox. You get one team. Yeah, no, one team per sport. So that's your thing. Is you got that's your number two rule. Is you get one team per sport. Yeah. There's so no, I can't be. There's uh, no like my NFC favorite football team, and my AFC favorite football team. I can't be a Rams fan and a Steelers fan. Okay. So do you do you believe in casual fandom? No. Okay, that's no. where that the, people listening. This is where it really lies deep down. <laughs> is this guy does not believe in casual fandom, and because I, I am the ultimate casual fan. See, I have I have my my teams that I like will root for. And if they're on, then that's who I'm rooting for. But I'm such a casual fan in the sense that you are like, no, you get one baseball team. See, the rest of them, it's us against the world. For me, it's for me, it's. I have the teams I root for. Those are the teams that I root for. And then I have the teams I root against. Yeah. So what's the middle? The middle is just kind of like whatever. You're just I don't care. They're in the league. I'm not rooting for that team to win. I'm rooting for the other team to lose. Yeah. It's okay. like whenever, like let's say Cal was playing USC. I'm not rooting for Cal to win. I'm rooting for USC to lose. Yeah. And then, I mean – for college, it's kind of different. So in terms of college, I'd say you can't root for one school's basketball team and then another school's football okay. team. Okay. Because, see, growing up, that's how it was for me. It was like no. there's my men's basketball team and then there's my college football team. Because I wasn't – well, it all comes back to the first thing we talked about. I didn't have – I didn't feel this allegiance to UW, the University of Washington or Washington State. I didn't feel like, you know, like you did with UCLA where, like, this is our home, you know, yeah. university. This is who we root for. I grew up, like, my first team that I liked was North Carolina basketball. <laughs> so it's, like, right out the jump, it's I'm liking something that's, like, out of my district or whatever. Um, but because, uh, like, growing up, I used to tell people UNC basketball and Miami football. And that's how it was. I See, for me, that's a little bit more acceptable than people that I knew growing up saying they're UCLA basketball fans but USC football fans. Well, because those programs are just storied programs. That's, right. That's, that's easy. But it, so to me as a kid, um, and we're getting a little off point, but to me as a, like a kid, I liked what I liked. And um, most people like winners. And, I mean, you either love winners or you hate winners. There's teams that are great that I hated and there's teams yeah, that are great that I loved. 100%. But it's like if you're a little kid and you're watching UCLA basketball and USC football, like you grew up with the Reggie Bush Trojan era. Like how, yeah. do, you, how do you not find that kind of football attractive when they're just dominating? Because but, I hate Cardinal and gold. Yeah, exactly. So uh, and that's a little different because L.A. is – those. that'd be like me saying I fuck with North Carolina basketball and Duke football. Like that just doesn't really make sense. Because, but I understand because those programs are so storied. Yeah. Um, but my number two, my number two uh, rule was not rooting for interdivision teams. And hundred uh, percent. And that kind of goes. I, I, mine was a little more specific than yours. Yours was pick one and, and go. Mine's more like it's it's. I should never be rooting for the Niners. No. But, you know what I mean? If I was a baseball fan, it would it would be the Angels. Um, yeah. With the Mariners, you know, there's. Uh, I'll never. It's it's the Duke type of thing. It's basically rooting for interdivision is rooting for rivals. Yeah, exactly. I'll never root for the Giants, the the Rockies, the Diamondbacks, the Padres. Yeah, and see what's and then going back into college, 
um, because I don't like necessarily associate myself with one conference. It's a little tricky, you know. Like, yeah, it's kind of the, it's kind of Pac-12, ACC for me. Like I'm a fan of ACC teams more than I'm a fan of Pac-12, but I've watched. You grew and up covered on the, the Pac-12 my whole life. Yeah, you lived on the so West Coast. So I love. I have a thing. Like if I was on the East Coast and someone was talking about a Pac-12 team, I would tell them to shut. You know. Yeah. I would defend them. Yeah. Because they're a Pac-12 team. It's that. You know what I mean? But uh, it, I just. Um, I don't think I can root for teams that are in like the Seahawks division, the Lakers. No, division, never. Um, the Sonics back in the day. So uh, number two rule, yeah, can't be rooting for the interdivision teams. Definitely not. That's your playoff spots. Exactly. That's your rivals. Exactly. Um, that's kind of rooting against yourself in that sense. Hundred percent agree. Now number three, this is where it gets interesting, and I've had to deal with this my entire life. If your city has multiple teams in the same sport, you better choose one. It's Lakers or Clippers. It's Rams or Chargers. This is basically an L.A. rule. I mean, no. I mean, there's Chicago, New York. Knicks and Nets. Texans and Cowboys. Chicago. White Sox, Reds. White Sox, White Sox Cubs. Cubs. Yeah. It's one or the other. That's a very, very small amount of people. Although those are the biggest sports uh, markets in the world. Exactly. So, I mean, obviously, it's Lakers for me. It's Rams for me. It's funny. So on the outside looking in on that kind of stuff, I, there's a to me it's just it's not necessarily pick one. It's just like I know the big brother and the little brother. You know, there's the Yankees, then there's the Mets. Yeah. There's the Giants, then there's the Jets. There's the the Lakers, then there's the Clippers. JV the, team. You know, yeah, which is like the best the best example. But with those teams, there's kind of it's always like a big brother, little brother. You know, Knicks and Nets. Hundred percent. There's a clear. You know, regardless of, like, recent history, in, in history overall, there's definitely a little brother and a big brother in every match. Well, and it, it's funny, another, another, and this just points to the fact that this is a very small case, but LAFC, the new soccer team here in LA, yeah. they're getting a whole bunch of buzz, and they're getting a whole bunch of support from all these people that have probably never even watched soccer before, but the LA Galaxy are the most is the most dominant MLS team ever. Ever, yeah. Hands down, ever. Yeah, because they have the best. They, I mean, they're going to bring in the best soccer players to L.A. because no European or South American wants to live anywhere other than L.A. or New the York. The Galaxy just brought in uh, Zoltan Ibrahimovic. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah, Ibrahim, yeah, I saw that. Uh, you know, it's tough to recruit outside of L.A. and New York and that kind of international sport, although Seattle's doing well. Yeah. So number three to me is uh, this one is just kind of like common sense. I, this this to me weeds out the like the fake. You know what I mean? And that's know your roster. Uh, oh, number th- and I'm not saying I'm not saying you got to know. Oh, we just picked him up on a 10 day contract. How do you not know that? You better be able to. Name I, the I want like five. four out of five. Like if it's a football or a baseball or a basketball roster, if you tell me 80, percent you yeah. know, like if there's a couple guys you don't know. Uh, and in football, probably a little more leniency. It's you know, like maybe like half the players. Give but, me, give me the quarterback, the receiver, you, and the running yeah, back, and we can good. Na- if you can name me the team, then I know that you watch them and you and you admire them and you stay up on it a little bit. You, I mean, I'm not asking for a lot, but know can, your roster. Can you name everybody on the Lakers? I could probably, yeah, yeah. See, I yeah, could too. I, I could definitely like write write it out for sure. Definitely. If you gave me a pen and paper and you had one through fourteen. Or 13 or whatever it is, I'd yeah. give it to you. Yeah. So, yeah, number three, know your roster. Yeah, know what you're talking about. Know who you're defending. Yeah, I, I one time had a, a girl, like, question me. 
this is when I was working at Foot Locker about like North Carolina. And she's like, oh, well, if you're such a big fan, name the starting five. And uh, Please. So I, I gave her the back five. <laughs> I was like, forget, the, starter, the, forget the starters. I'll give you the back five. <laughs> That's funny. What you got at number four? Number four is uh, staying with their teams through win and losses. Okay. I mean, I think – No bandwagon. Yeah, this, this, this kind of comes into uh, play with trust. Um, it's, you don't, I'm not saying you necessarily always have to love your GM or love your head coach or love the ownership, but you should always trust that they're doing the right thing for your franchise, even when the – and this is more when you're losing. Um, you know, just like to me for the Seahawks, I just find all the, their talk just ridiculous and kind of hot air. Yeah. Um, because I trust what Pete Carroll and John Schneider are doing with the football team. So, yeah. Um, and even though we had a winning record last year, you know, this is considered kind of a loss as a season because we didn't go to the playoffs. You know, like your team through wins and like your team through losses. And that's kind of the bandwagon trust type of deal. Yeah, and I mean, that go- that goes back to where this, for me at least, this whole conversation about fandom started is the Lakers, to me, are the most fun basketball team to watch right now. Yeah. Because I'd love to see the story of if they're going to win. Because there's two I love seeing the progress that's been made over the past three years. And that's why sports talk is great because there's your heart and your mind both are talking at the same time. Exactly. And that's like where, you know, this what this conversation is all about. It's like, yeah, I know that, um, you know, LeBron or Tom Brady are like the best, greatest right now. But, but if, I can't giving, if I get a free ticket to a game. You know, I want to go watch the Seahawks. I want to go watch North Carolina. Even if North Carolina is the worst team in the ACC, you say you got free college tickets. I'm going to I'm going to pick North Carolina. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 what it is because that's your team. That's what you, you want to be part of the part of the game, part of the team, part of the organization. Yeah, gun, gun to my head. The last sporting event I ever want to see is a Laker game. Yeah, and so the I, number one thing on my bucket list, number one thing since I've originally that became a thing, bucket lists became a thing. <laughs> I feel um, like bucket lists have always been a thing. Well, I mean, like since the movie came out, everyone's like, "Oh, I got to make one now." You know Fair. what I mean? The, uh, the, what ten years Shout ago? Shout out Jack and Morgan. <laughs> but number one, it, uh, since since I knew what this was, was I want to see Duke, North Carolina live. Oh, I don't care if it's Cameron. I don't care, you know, if it's Dean Smith. Um, Whatever. That'd be insane. That's what I want. That's like the the that is the pinnacle. I'd pick that over the Super Bowl. Um, I'd pick that. I mean, it'd be hard to pick over Game Seven of the Finals because like it's rare. Yeah. But yeah. like Game One of the Finals, I would take. I would take Duke North Carolina over Game One of the Finals. See, it, it's interesting you say like you want to see Duke North Carolina in a national championship or just Duke North Carolina live in general. Yep, just live. Myself and my, one of my best friends, Ethan, we went to the Lakers-Celtics game yeah. the day after Jerry Buss passed away. Yeah. And it's like, I know that's not in the that's finals. That's not like a flashy game. It's nothing that you're going to read Lake. about in history, but that's like what you – It's Lakers-Celtics live. That's your heart. You know what I mean? That's your heart talking. If it's like – there's there's two ways to go about it when, it when it goes with that. And I think most big sports fans – now, if you're a casual fan, you're normally going to go with your mind. Yeah. But if you're, you know, if you're invested in the sports like we are, you're going to go with your heart. Yeah. 
And now my number four, I know, is going to be a touchy subject for you. Yep, here we go. But the only way you can change your team alliances yeah, see, is if a team leaves a city. This is the, this is where all these rules get murky. You <laughs> see what I'm saying, man? It's it's not so cut and dry. You got to go with the home team. Sometimes the home team gets fucking jacked. Yeah, the only the only way you can change your team allegiance is if that team leaves the city. I have nothing nice to say about Charles Schwab or Clay or, Bennett. Or not Charles Schwab. Like, Clay Bennett. Clay Bennett and uh, oh shit, I forgot the old Sonics. Uh, what well, is it? Doesn't matter. The old Sonics owner. It doesn't matter. He's some big, you know, he's some big famous name. Everybody knows. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it's that's a, that's a shitty scenario. And ever since that happened to the Sonics, I've never ever ever once will ever agree with the team moving again. I don't care what financial bullshit they send at me. So you didn't want the Rams coming to L.A.? No, absolutely not, because St. Louis is a massive city that's a great sports city. Yeah, but it, screw them. They took the Rams away from us in the first place. Okay, and that goes back to it's just like, yeah, I don't think that the Rams should have left in the first place, but then I don't think they should have left a second time. Yeah. If anything, I think they should expand, but expansion's hard, so – it expansion happen. is very hard. It doesn't happen. So um, I've only seen expansion maybe four or five times in my life. Um, I mean, the only time I think I've seen it in my life are the Bobcats, the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, well, the the uh, the Nationals. Uh, well, no, they were the they were the ex- they were the they're Montreal the, Expos. They, the Expos. they moved right. cities yeah, and yeah, just changed no, brands. There, was, there wasn't a there wasn't a baseball team. Oh, well, Miami was like ninety five. Huh? The Florida Marlins. They were like in the nineties. You probably don't remember yeah, that. Yeah, see. But I mean one of my first sports memories well, like when I first started watching sports, I remember the Panthers and the Jaguars. That's when like I was exposed to expansion. Yeah, and like the first time I was really exposed to exp- expansion was the Charlotte Bobcats. Yep, that that's it. Yeah, so like four or five times, yeah, in my lifetime. Hasn't been hasn't been too many times. Yeah. Because they brought in the Texans as well. Yeah. So I've seen three NFL franchises. Yeah. So number five. Number, this is my last one. This is, again, goes against everything you are saying. <laughs> but my thing is I definitely think you can be fans of player, individual players and you can be fans of a team. That I agree with. So, that I know, agree with. Just for example, I grew up uh, as a kid. Um, my, favorite, my favorite football and basketball team was the Sonics and the Seahawks. Um, but my favorite players growing up were Allen Iverson and Michael Vick. Um, so they're complete, you know, ne- neither one of them played in my markets. Uh, I saw I saw both of them play in Seattle, um, which was cool. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think you definitely don't have to, you know, be so pigeonholed to where you don't feel like you can root for, like, individual players. Um, even if they're on a team you don't like, uh, there's a ton of, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big, huge fan of so many different players that aren't from franchises that i admire oh yeah um, so am i i agree i agree with that yeah i mean russell westbrook's my favorite player in the nba right now yeah yeah exactly yeah because he's the best you know yeah. what i mean like i would love for him to play for my team but he doesn't so exactly. i have to be exactly a fan um so yeah i think i think uh rule five for me is you can be fans of players and teams yeah no i agree with that rule yeah. and then my my number five rule it's more of a specifically for the fans themselves Mm -hmm. don't get a jersey with your last name on it you don't like that move no that's a money saver move you're on you're not on the team though you're not a professional you didn't go through what these guys have uh, went through that's so funny and i mean there's 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 a whole big debate 
in sports and especially in sports talk radio a lot about fans and jerseys and what age you should stop wearing a jersey and all this stuff like oh man let's get into this yeah because i know you love this i love jerseys yeah i'm wearing i'm wearing a jersey right now jerseys are what i grew up in i mean i i feel like that was like my look i think if people were to draw a cartoon of me i'd be in a a jersey that's just how it is yeah i mean look at our logo yeah exactly i mean and i and i'm closed in on 30 years old so uh you know to me i don't think jerseys i get like it looking childish but i think there's a way in which you can wear a jersey your entire life. 100%. There's certain ways that people look, like, or like the way they buy their jerseys fit, or the look with with the jersey. It might not look good. The player that they pick is, you know, generational. Like the color jersey you pick is generational. But I think there's a way. Like I don't think I don't think it's bad to see you know some someone twice my age wearing a jersey. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's a even, way. It's even cooler when those guys are wearing throwbacks. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like to me to see, like to, for me to see an old guy come in with like a Magic Johnson jersey on, that would be it's badass. Awesome. Because That's I awesome know you f- fucking watch Magic Johnson play. Yeah, or it's like I see at Dodger at Dodger games a lot. You see a lot of Jackie Robinson jerseys. You see a lot of Sandy Koufax jerseys. See the, but I, I am going to touch on your rule of not having your own name because, especially in this era, in the free agent era, I, I would say it's really hard to buy. Jerseys are expensive. Hundred percent. People don't can't afford. You know, it's not something you can buy a bunch of. So, I I see it from a, a standpoint of I want to get a jersey that's like I can have for ten years. You know but what I mean? That's why, to your point, you because get a throwback. I've no, yeah, and you can, and and that's throwbacks didn't start till like two thousand five. Shout out you the rap I mean? and hip hop game that's, for that, that one. That's a new that's a new wave, but. You know, I own, I have, I have two jerseys. I got two jerseys personalized with my last name. Yeah, see, no, because, don't do that. Don't do that. That's uh, those were the teams that I didn't want to buy new jerseys. Now, the the Seahawks they have a clever way of getting around that, and they have their their twelve jerseys. Yeah. So that, like, if you're not familiar, the Seahawks retire the number twelve because the fans are number twelve, and it's a jersey that's the Seahawks jersey, legit number twelve, and on the back it says fans. I've now growing up in Seattle, I see those kind of jerseys as kind of like to me that's a cop out. It's it's kind of ta- yeah. I don't know. I, I just it's I would never buy a fans jersey. No, you know what I mean because I'm a, I'm a fan of the players. Would you buy Would you buy a jersey? But that that's was- a jersey that's not from an economical standpoint. It's never going to go out. That player's never going to get traded. You're never going to hate this guy. Would you buy a jersey that had no number and no? player no, name yeah no. see neither that's, would i looks stupid i agreed but that's more of an aesthetic thing <laughs> that just looks dumb you know what i mean yeah. but i also this is also like i love jerseys i mean i'll wear jerseys for the rest of my life oh. so i would never want someone telling me i can't wear a jersey yeah i mean because of age or whatever yeah and it's like another man wearing another but i get it like if you see so, the what the the one that i hate this is this is the one that i do hate is the guy that's wearing the shirt and tie they got to the stadium and bought a jersey, and he puts it on over his shirt and tie. Oh my god, they look or, ridiculous! Or they put the play like in the playoffs, and they give out the shirts. The shirts are on the chairs, and they put the shirt over their shirt and tie. Yeah, that's a that's a, <laughs> that's a no. That's a no, sir. And I'll t- I'll tell you for a fact right now, you see a lot of that at Staples Center. Yeah, because the, these are guys that are like giving tickets, or you know, they want them at work, and they're like, or they just got off work, they're gonna go hit the Laker game. Yeah, you know what I mean? These aren't like sports nuts. Yeah. Probably sports fans, but not sports nuts. Yeah. So, I mean, what's your five? That My five was you can be a fan of players oh, and right. teams right. separately. Right. So, yeah, so mine was no personalized jerseys. Don't put 
your name on the back of a jersey unless you're actually playing now professionally. I just want, now I just want to get you a personalized jersey <laughs> so bad. I know for I want I know, like a number twenty four Lakers Sklar jersey. I'll let what, what, I'll let you hang it in the apartment. What about I'll never the wear What it. about the jerseys? The like um, uh, where like the number you know of different people that aren't like athletes, like the Allen Iverson number three Philadelphia Eagles jersey, or like nah. the, or like a New York Mets jersey that's number fifty and it has scent, you know, nah. or the Atlanta Hawks two two number two with the chains. Nah, no, none of those. No, no, no because they don't play for that. They're them. not the real thing. So, no, so it's the most important thing is they had to play in the jerseys. Yeah, hundred percent. So what about throwbacks? What about throwbacks of current players? Like, wh- why? Why do they? Why like? Why do they sell a DeRozan jersey and like the dinosaur? When he never, like, he never wore the dinosaur jerseys originally. They're just throwbacks. Because that's just the NBA trying to make money. That yeah. I'm okay with because he's still on the team. He but, he still, never, but he never rocked the jersey. But he played for the franchise. And he, well, did, he does yeah. rock the jersey when he, they wear it. Yeah, yeah, when they throw, wear it on a retro night. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So they do rock the jersey. Yeah, on a retro night. Yeah. All right. So, anyway, that's it. Yeah, love your team. Yeah. I don't know. That was just kind of a debate I wanted to have. Wanted to throw some ideas out there. Oh, yeah, no, that's a good one. I mean, that shows that shows people where you're coming from. I mean, we're from polar opposite scenarios. Hundred so, percent. Um, that's a good good combo to have. Yeah. So before we get out of here, my shout out for the week is to Les Snead, the Rams general manager, and the rest of the Rams front office. They've done an A plus plus job this season. They capped it off on Monday with signing Ndamukong Sue to a one-year deal. This is huge for the Rams' defense. Since Aaron Donald entered the league in 2014, him and Ndamukong Sue are first and second in tackles for a loss by defensive tackles. This just reinforces my thought that the Rams are all in on this year. Mm-hmm. And I think they're honestly taking out a page out of Seattle's playbook where putting all this talent around a quarterback who's still on his rookie deal – and who has a lot of potential, and they just want to win now. Yeah, because to get a quarterback on a rookie contract, you're saving so much money that you need to spend it elsewhere and get get take advantage of that. Exactly. Because quarterback's the highest paid position in the league, so if you have them on a rookie contract, you can pay everybody else. Yeah, so. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about the Rams. There's some good stuff there. That, that's, a, that's a big pickup. They're all in on this year. Yeah, and I'm so excited for it. it. There's, it's, there's a lot of good stuff going on, a lot of good stuff to talk about. I've, I mean, and I'm sure we'll touch on it later. Uh, for me, this, uh, this shout-out, it's got to go to Ben Richardson and Clayton Custer, the, <laughs> the, the combo guards for the Ramblers. I mean, it's just, it's just I'm just, like, in love with this story because this is just, like, I think what every kid growing up, like that's not you know maybe not like a five star athlete any kid that grew up playing competitive sports to play with the kid that you played with since you're in the third grade to win national titles as youth to win state titles as high school players and then to go to the same university play for play with each other more and then make this run um, shout out to those guys they're li- this is a got to be a crazy time in life for them yeah no hundred percent I mean they're when they get back to campus they're they're be, kings. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're not going to the NBA. They're not going to be professional basketball. Maybe you're, you know, maybe they go overseas and play. But it's this is a special moment for you know what this is doing. likely this the is end it. of the run. Yeah, for this them. is this is it. So it's uh, it's cool. Yeah. So anyway, 
Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in the keyword, The Sports Kingdom Show, in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate all of our listeners out there. We will be back next week with another great episode. Peace. Later.